Hello and a very warm welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do and the paths that have led them to where they are today. I'm here today with Claire. Hi Claire. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, could you tell the lovely listener what it is you do for a living? Uh, I'm a physiotherapist. Fantastic. And how long have you been a physiotherapist so for? I qualified in 2008 from Liverpool Uni, so 15 yeah, years. Yeah, I can't do the maths on that. I think about 15 years. I got a 15-year NHS badge oh the God. other week, so... It's 15 years since 2008. Maybe. There's a chance. That's horrid. It's horrid. Yes, yes. So 15 years. Um, so I got a little badge that says... Thanks for working in the NHS for 15 years. Um, which, you know, always makes people trust you a bit more when you've got a badge with a, with a lengthy time scale yes. on, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and following that, I went and worked in Birmingham and I worked there for six years and then moved to work in Leicester. Oh, OK. So when you first got off, you stayed up in Liverpool, did you? So I went from Liverpool. I, my first job was in Birmingham. Yeah, OK. Um, so when you qualify as a physio, you qualify, they change the name of it all the time, but you qualify as a junior physio. Yeah. Um, and I went to Birmingham and started doing rotations. So at that time, they were four monthly and I went to work in lots of different areas. So in ITU, on the medicine wards, with stroke patients, with patients who'd had head injuries or spinal cord injuries. Gosh, I mean, and in Birmingham, what made yes. you pick Birmingham? Because that's like hardcore, that's... Big, it's a big hospital. Yeah. It's a big teaching hospital, it's just great, a great place for experience, like, you know. Because you knew you were going to see everything, you were going to see all... Yeah, There's, and at that time, actually... When I qualified, jobs were not easy to get. So you had to really be on it to get a job. There weren't loads. At the moment, there's actually quite a lot of uh, Banff jobs available. Um, But at that time, there were not many um, at all. So you had to kind of go, well, this is a good hospital. I'll I'll apply there and see what happens. And I can't remember where else I applied actually now. Maybe... I, I would have applied anywhere in the country at that point. Yeah. I didn't mind. Um, maybe did some like Newcastle way. Um, but I got that job in Birmingham and um, it's a great place to start as a physio. It's, it was brilliant. I got to experience so many... I bet you did. ...things. And they had um, like links with the children's hospital. So I got to go and work in Birmingham's children, Birmingham Children's Hospital. Oh. And the Royal Orthopaedics, the Specialist Orthopaedic Hospital. I got to go and do some hydrotherapy work there. Um, and out into the community as well. So I got to get lots of little bits of experience, like begin my career really and just see what was out there and um, see what kind of I liked and stuff like that, which was was a really good opportunity to have. And I always say to the junior physios that come through now, just do some rotations, don't rush, don't rush to become um, a band six or don't rush to specialise because... There'll be little bits that you gain from anywhere you go to work, even if it's not your favourite. And there was this one rotation people didn't want to do, and it was um, adult um, adult learning disabilities in the community. And everyone's like, oh, you've got to go and work yeah. in the community. It might not be as interesting as like the big hospitals that are really um, you know, fast-paced and exciting. And I learned so much. It was absolutely brilliant. Wow. Um, you know, the skills that you can learn and then take forward into 
the rest of your career is really important. So I think just taking my time, going to different places, um, working in different areas, even if I thought, you know what, I'm not sure I want to work in acute medicine um, for my whole career, but actually I learned lots and that yeah. was important at the time. I worked with some great people, some, um, you know, friends you'll have for life when you do those junior rotations and you have got to do these on calls and you're up at three in the morning in this massive hospital and you're going and see really acutely unwell patients and, um, you know, you need those friends like, oh, this patient was struggling with this. What do I do? Um, and that support network that you build is, is great. It's really, really important. And then useful now if I go, oh, you know what? I wonder in Birmingham what they're doing with this or what's happening in this area. You've now got a network yeah. of people you can Yeah, so it's really contact. useful to have to be able to go, what are you doing about this at the moment? Um, yeah. And stuff like that. But it was, it was crazy. It was fast-paced. It was, you know, mildly stressful at times. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I loved it. It was great. Wow. But I really like my job, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's track all the way back to Little Claire. Yeah. Little Claire at school, college... What were you like? What were you interested in? So at primary school, I definitely did not speak to my reception teacher for the whole first year. I didn't <gasps> say a single word to her. I was quite shy um, and, um, yeah, quite quite quiet. And people now are like, as if you were quiet. But I was like a really, really quiet, <laughs> quite quiet child. Primary school quite daunting, or I don't know. Or she was just scary. I don't he... even think she was scary. I think she was very, very nice. Um, I just was a bit shy, and I was that that child that you know when you go to a party. Because um, I have that child now. When you go to a party, doesn't it just you know doesn't necessarily just run and join in. And yeah. now when my daughter does it. I'm like, oh, mum, it's so frustrating. She just doesn't want to go and join in and get going. And my mum's like, yes, that that was you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Over time, I guess I just got more confident. Yeah. And, and that built up. I'm not, I'm not sure, really. I don't remember it. I don't remember thinking I'm never speaking to that teacher, but I was quite quiet. Yeah. Okay. So then went through primary school into yeah. secondary and then were you more confident in secondary then? Um, yeah, I guess I must have just built my confidence. I, you know, went to... You started talking to teachers at secondary. Yeah, I started talking to <laughs> teachers at secondary school and other people. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I must have just developed that over time. I think, you know, I have, like, good friends and... And then I just became more chatty. And now I love to talk. I have to talk to patients all the time. I have yeah. to quickly be able to make a connection with a person yeah. and communicate. And I'd say that is where one of my strengths lies now in my in my in my job. Um and Communicating in what I do day to day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I must have just developed those skills at some point. It must have just happened. So then college, what did you do? What A-levels um, did you do or did you not do So I, I did international baccalaureate. Um, wow, okay. That, so um, at my school there was an option to do A-levels or an option to do 
IB. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. Yeah. Um, I knew that I'm more science-minded. I was going to say, I was, exp- I was wondering if mm. you'd say I did a load of yeah. sciences. And... I'm definitely not arty or creative at all. Like, to the extent that creative stuff, I'm like, ooh, definitely not. I bet you are more creative than uh, you give yourself credit for. No. <laughs> in, in quite an entertaining way, I'm not at all creative <laughs> with regard to stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm more of a scientist. Yeah. Um, and with IB at that time, I don't know what you actually have to do now, you had to choose three subjects at higher and lower levels. Okay. Um, and um, part of that has to be a... Engl- you have to do English and maths. Yeah. You have to do Gosh. a language. Yeah. Um, and a science and like a humanity, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. So in many so, ways, way more complicated than just doing A-levels. Maybe, yes. I think doing IB makes you... So, and even if I... At that point, did I want to be a physio? I probably wanted to do something... Well, I knew I wanted to go to uni to do something like be a physio. Yeah, and be um, something science Yeah, something science And that's competitive. Yeah. And um, IB looks a little bit different. You know, if you've got lots of people who are going to university with the same biology, chemistry enter yeah. other a level yeah and all have whatever it was at that time that you needed to get i don't even know yeah um i i thought well i'm not an a i'm not a star all the yeah. a's yeah student um but ib will it looks a little bit different oh that's interesting um, yeah you could think that. yeah and actually interestingly that helped me get my place at university did it okay yeah. So having something just that was a bit different. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, rang him up and said, hi, I'm really sorry, but I didn't do so well in my Italian, unsurprisingly. Um, and um, I've dropped a point because it's a point scoring thing. And they were like, don't worry, it's really interesting what you've done. Come in. Yay. Um, and what made you choose Liverpool then to go to? Because was it, was it one of the, were you trying to think of where, um, are there I... best unis for this or...? So the, the the good thing about Liverpool at that Apart time... it's an amazing city yes. and a great student life. Yeah, <laughs> Liverpool is an amazing city. And when I went, people like Liverpool, like, oh, what's going to happen? I was like, I think I'll be fine. It's, it's <laughs> such a great city. I would recommend anyone to go there. And that was before it was... I went before it was all fancy and now oh, Liverpool cool. won. Yeah. And it's, yeah, looking amazing. Um, Liverpool... The placement. So when you're a physio student, you're in university and then you go out on placement. Yeah. So you have these, uh, I had, every university is different, these six-week blocks of placement. Oh. And for Liverpool, they've got lots of hospitals and they've got lots of resources and you don't have to go and live away. So yes. some universities okay. you have to go and stay in that hospital accommodation for six weeks somewhere else, blah, 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 to yeah. Yeah. be able to fulfil your placement. Um, but for Liverpool... You didn't have to, I don't know about now, but you didn't have to at that time. So did that, went to uni, left uni, went to Birmingham. Yes. Six years in Birmingham. Yeah. And then what made you decide to leave Birmingham? Well, unfortunately, my husband made me leave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So So you met him um, in Birmingham? No, no. He's from Rutland. I um, met him... In Rutland, 
Um, he's a farmer, they don't move. Yeah. Um, and he spent a long time trying to convince me that it would be okay not to work in Birmingham because I loved it. Aww. I loved it. Um, and eventually, so I was like moving between Birmingham in the week and then Rutland say, at the weekend. Yeah. Did you try and commute it? Um, yeah, yeah, I did a bit of that. Um, and then we did, I, I, we did get married before I eventually made the official, official move of my job. <laughs> Um, so also, I guess you've got also got to wait for a job to come yes, up. Yes, exactly. And by that point, by the time I moved, I knew I wanted to work in um, outpatients and musculoskeletal services. Okay. Um, I knew I had a bit of a special interest um, in burns and plastics and the upper limb. So I wow. had been working on a major burns unit um, in Birmingham. Gosh. And oh, that's, oh, that's making me, my tummy go. Yeah, I, Burns, I've yeah. got quite a solid stomach for that. I was going to be one of my questions in a minute. Um, and I knew that, that I have, have quite a special interest in that. It's a little bit more niche. Yeah. And um, I saw this job come out and it was um, a senior physio. In, I was working as senior physio in Birmingham by that point, actually. But it was senior physio um, working in outpatients with... Birds of plastics. Oh my god, so perfect. And I was like, all right, I'll apply. I did. I applied for the job. I got it. Um, and then um, I moved to work in Leicester. There you go. You know. And even Leicester's quite, it's a, quite a busy city, isn't it? Yeah. It's, a, it's also got a university there, so it is, yeah. you know, it's, it's a busy city. It's a, it's a big hospital. Well, there's three hospitals. It's big, there is, yeah. big hospitals. Um, yeah, there's lots going on. In terms of getting qualified, yes. I always do like to ask people a little bit. So do you, you have to do a degree, don't you, yes. to be qualified yeah. in this? And obviously there's courses all around the yeah. UK. Is there anything, is there t- sort of top-up courses that you can do or should do? Or There's lots of things I was you gonna, can do. Yeah. yeah, lots and lots of things you can do after you qualify. And is this just specialise in a particular thing or just to well, kind there's of... Just, um, there's courses just to extend your knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I've more recently done like a specialist hand course so that, you know, you're just increasing your knowledge on that area. Yeah. Um, and um, there's people who do things like masters, um, PhDs that yeah. physio, you know, physios that are applying to do things like PhDs and research. You know, there's always more learning that, that you can you do, can but do. you don't need to do because you learn so much at work and we do training at work and we but provide guess, training at work as well. If some people um, are a little bit more academic and they like the theory yes. side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Then, um, and that doesn't, that's not you, you so much. I, um, Maybe when you're a bit older, do you think you might? I don't know. So I'm, I'm dyslexic, and through that, my husband will say she's not dyslexic because she can spell things. Um, I'm dyslexic. I have a piece of paper, and (laughs) I'm not very good at. um, If I read information, I'm not very good at necessarily remembering that information. Right. Or if I've got an idea. I'm not good at applying it to paper. Right. My job is very verbal. Yeah, yeah. And very practical. Interesting. So if I know there are things that involve, oh, you need to read like these articles or yeah. this stuff, I can do it and I will do it. 
but I'm less likely to be driven to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and okay. um, I think that that suits my my job, suits my like personality and yeah, my yeah. brain. Yeah. In a sense. Well, I guess there's still a lot of admin and... Oh, there's loads of admin. I have to do loads. Yeah. <laughs> I do loads of patient notes and admin yeah. and all of those things. Um, but I'm lucky because I can be, I can talk a lot in my job, Aww. which is good. <laughs> so have you ever considered going private? Might you consider going private? I think this is a question I get asked quite a lot. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> it's a question I get asked quite a lot. I mean, it's great that you're not because obviously we need you in the NHS, um, but yeah, it I, must be, yeah. You, you hear, I mean, obviously, gosh, the news is full of it all the time, isn't it? Just how the pressures and yeah. the stresses everyone's under so you can see why people leave and try and go a different route maybe it's something i'll do one day but at the moment i like my job i like working in the nhs yeah um there's lots of it's obviously you know they don't pay you a lot of money but there's lots of perks to it otherwise yeah and i yeah i feel that's where I want to be at the moment. Which is just amazing. I think I could. You can qualify as a physio and work privately straight away. Ah, uh, okay. So you can... Oh, that's a good... I should have asked yeah. that question. So you can... Do you, and do you know people that did that? Yeah, people do it all the time. You can set up a practice whenever you want. You're qualified. You've got your registration. So they, so those who've never had any intention of going into the NHS, yeah, they just... Don't. Yeah. They go and work privately straight away. Okay. Um, that definitely would be for me because the amount I've learned and the... You know, the amount of people that I learned from. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think, you know, I've I've now got skills that I could take to work privately, um, but I don't know. Yeah, I just just like working in the NHS. May that continue. And I guess if you're working there, because Mary Claire, who I interviewed, who's a surgeon in the NHS, she very much talked about the camaraderie and the people and that they really, really make it. And I guess people that are in the NHS, let's be honest, you're there out of choice. You could go private. And you're there because you want to help. You want to make a difference. You believe in that side of things. And in many ways, you're sacrificing your own income, aren't you, to kind of try and be part of something bigger and something a bit more I work with some physios with 30 years experience you can't yeah. you can't get that just anywhere and yeah. I can say to them oh what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And that knowledge is is amazing. Yeah. Being able to just access that in the next cubicle. Hello. <laughs> also, I might feel really mean saying this for private people now, but um, maybe more resourceful. Because like you say, because you have got such limited assets at your disposal, you've got to really, like you say, try and think and just be I a think, bit more... Yeah, we... And also within the NHS, we have to be very up to date, not saying you're not privately, but very up to date with what the evidence says, evidence-based practice. Yeah. And um, we're not going to over-treat because we don't have the resources to over-treat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but then you wait to see, it, the wait's long and, the, you know, it's great that there is private 
services available for people who can access them yeah. and can afford yeah. them. Um, because there's some brilliant physios out there working out there too. Yeah, Quite, yeah. A few of my um, colleagues do a bit of both and they do some oh, private clinics so you can, I was and say working you can in do it. Both, yeah. You do whatever you like, really. Oh, wow, well, okay. So they do a bit of, some might work for a, a sports club or might work, do an evening clinic and, and things yeah. like that. Interesting. So they do a bit of a bit of everything. A bit of both. Yeah. So what is it do you think about you that makes you good at your job? You've already discussed you being a people person. You've I got think to... that helps me at work, being a people person. Because I've got half an hour, sometimes even twenty minutes, to meet you, find out what's going on, find out a bit about you make you feel comfortable enough to disclose your medical information or some problems yes, you might be having gosh, yes. and then convince you to like, assess you and look at you but then convince you that you know these are some things that might help yeah. or choose a path for you to go down so I've got to be able to quickly communicate with people um, and build rapport with people quite quickly um, to make them feel comfortable enough to trust me really yeah yeah you know there's no point me knowing things if you don't the patient doesn't doesn't trust me and doesn't feel comfortable around me yes they're not going to um be yeah it's not going to work is it that therapeutic alliance therapeutic alliance in the nhs um your therapeutic alliance is is really really important yeah yeah um because people are often in quite a lot of pain or uncomfortable or you know distressed and um you've even got to so you've got to talk people down in those sessions so it's a lot to get through or have had you know if people have had life-changing injuries or difficult diagnosis i um treat patients um with who've had head and neck cancers um and had surgery potentially facial reconstructive surgery um or um you you know other surgeries that have been really really life-changing um so those people well all patients really you know um need to be able to build that kind of you need to be able to build the rapport with them quite quickly what has been the absolute best part of your career so far is there one standout memory or just a reoccurring thing that I think the people I work with actually is a really really good part of my job wherever you go yeah um working in the NHS yeah just working with yeah working in the NHS or working in the physio teams that I've worked in you know we really have good fun um which is nice yeah you know you look forward to going and seeing those people, whether they're physios, occupational therapists, doctors, nurses, yeah, um, reception staff, all of those those people. It's it's good fun. Is, yeah, that's really nice, isn't it? Because yeah. if you don't enjoy, you've got to like your colleagues, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of people won't, will they? If you have patients to come in, you know, and they're they're a bit more tricky, or yes. they're a bit angry about something, things like that. If you can come away and know that your colleagues are going to be there for you, I think that's that's really important. Yeah. Um, and they see the funny side of some of the, the 
things yes. that can occur. Yeah. Well, I guess they're interacting with them probably in their own way. So, like, yeah. say, reception staff and stuff, aren't yeah. they? God. And, you know... I mean, that... NHS reception, like, doctors receptionists must put up with an awful lot. Oh, they do. They're, they're really amazing yeah. humans. I can see why sometimes they get a little bit... Stressed, grumpy, a yeah. Bit stressed yeah. Because they, yeah, it's, it's hard work for them. Really hard work because you can't, you know, everyone in the NHS. Well, I, maybe not everyone. Most people in the NHS are working really, really hard and trying really hard every day. Yeah. But sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? You know, you don't, you can't always offer people the appointment they want. You can't always do things as quickly as you want. I know. You know, you have to. There are waiting lists. There are. You know, there are things like that. But, you know, at the point you really... You hope that at the point you really need them, that they're there, aren't they? Yeah, I've always found that with... um, I mean, definitely when you... If you ever... You know, I've had it with my kids, with myself. If you ever end up in, like, A&E or anything like that, I mean, it's just the cares, you know. When, like you say, it's just... It's unrivaled. I I think it's amazing. I think Mm. it's, you know... They've um, they've done some amazing things for my children, definitely. So, flip side of that is, what's your least favourite part, least enjoyable part of the job? I think... I would... I'd obviously like more time. I'd always like more time to do things um, and to be able to do things. My least enjoyable part of my job at the moment is I actually manage the annual leave for our department. On it's <laughs> quite a lot of things to think about. Um, but no, I think sometimes it feels frustrating when you really want to make a change and it's yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. Um, or if you really want, it's not just thinking about resources. Sometimes you think well, it would just be so much better if this wasn't, you know. The system that we had to use what can yeah. we do to change this and actually making those changes takes so long yeah um but sometimes you just have to kind of adjust to them and um and do what you yeah. can just go okay uh, well there you go actually in my work uh we've got a leak in the ceiling which is pretty annoying uh okay <laughs> god i bet no one wants NHS to fix it. yeah that's the general hospital leaky ceiling please come and help us <laughs> And um, I guess it's our patients frustrating in the sense of you see them, they go away, they've come back, they're clearly not done. Yes. That because I bet that happens. And I know that from like, oh, I'm going to be awful now and say, are old people terrible at that? Because my dad had had loads of operations before he passed and he'd go away with physio and he would never do any of it. I think you get to a point where you accept that people don't do things that you... I'll say so, that's that's kind so of okay. See them, yeah. and the only improvement's been in what you did to them. You know, but if someone goes away and they do one thing, so I say to patients, "Look, I now give thing. If I'm giving people exercises, I might give them about three things to do because I right. think, well, have I got any chance? No chance, more than three things. Yeah, unless they you know athletes super keen. And, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And I think, okay, well, let's. People are busy in their lives. Let's see if I can give them three things to do, and can one of those things be whilst they're doing something else yeah so oh, can you just while you're brushing your teeth balance on one leg can you while you're washing yeah, up do so some little cute. come up into your toes now do some heel raises so you think yeah. every time they do that will they go and do that exercise still maybe not yeah. but i'm i've got to the point now where i'm quite open with my patients and i say look 
if this isn't the time for you to be at physio because you can't you have time to apply yourself to these things that's also okay you know you don't yeah. have to come because I'm saying come I saw a patient with one of my more junior colleagues um the other day and I he'd said oh shall we should we book you in another appointment in this length of time and I said to him I just said to the patient what do you think and the patient said I don't think I need to come back and I said okay that's absolutely fine you can we our patients can have an open appointment for three months give them that leeway that yeah. patient needs to take responsibility you know here's our phone number you've got three months see how you get on any problems even if it's next week call us and you can come back in because people need to take responsibility for their own their own health care yeah and feel um, like they've got that yeah, ownership yeah, as well because exactly. that's what you're it's doing yours, isn't it can you give me an example it's always my favorite question the strangest thing that's ever happened to you in your job? People coming to physio, um, the, 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 it's not necessarily strange because people do do this. They come to physio for like a knee or a hip or a shoulder assessment and with like a lack of underwear. But you need to... People need to wear... If, you, if anyone's going to the physio, the physio's probably going to want to look at the joint that you are going to the physio for as a general rule. So if it is your knee, they probably want to have, be able to see it, that access your knee. Um, so it's always better to have shorts with you or wear them. Or if you are happy to be in your underwear, wear some. I think like that. I work in the upper limb now, so it happens to me a lot less often. Um, well, I don't know. I don't always work in upper limb, to be fair, but I work more. My yes. caseload is yeah. more upper limb bias. I feel like the lack of underwear. Um, is, 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 that is, might be the thing that did it for me. <laughs> I just think people, I recommend people, if they want to get the most out of their, their physio, looking at their, their joint or wherever it is that they need to look at, underwear is a good it's idea. It's cool. Wow. That was my um, recommendation. I feel like you started off where you weren't going to say anything and then you've come up with a well, blinder there you've come up with a blinder there that's that's my advice to patients um where my advice to physio if you're thinking about becoming a physio <laughs> is have a spare set of uniform at work because you never know what might happen right do i even want to ask any more questions well, on I, that well, you know sometimes i've definitely knelt in in things that you wouldn't necessarily want to kneel in I've definitely had catheter bags explode down my legs. Okay, I've been yeah, carrying yeah. them for patients. Yeah. Um, I've definitely, people have been sick on me before. Yeah. It's all fine. Okay. It's all yeah. normal things that happen. That's why you need to spare uniform with you. Yeah. I vividly remember actually sitting a lady up for the first time um, after some surgery. And often people feel really nauseous after you sit up for the first time after surgery oh, and you get yeah. out of bed. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I'm going to be sick. And I'm looking around thinking, I do not have a bowl anywhere in sight so there's very little I can do she's really unstable so I was like I'm just gonna have to I'm just gonna have to ride this out um and just hope she wasn't because sometimes people feel nauseous they're not and they're not sick. yeah yeah um she unfortunately was sick and I was with a student and the student cleverly or not maybe managed to spring up onto the chair and she was still on the chair next to the patient um while the patient was sick and like the splatter everywhere it was all over me all over you yeah happens to me so patients need Blood, to wear underwear urine, yeah vomit poo poo oh yeah sometimes you might walk someone and poops drop out on the way right not okay. in our patients remember i work in our patients now <laughs> can i just 
say poo keeps coming up in these podcasts? Yeah. I can't tell you why. I'm the sort of person that, you know, if you come into me and you're like, well, uh, you've had a wound and you haven't, I haven't washed my hand and it's healed, and I'm like, ooh, yes, let's get it under the sink, let's wash it, let's moisturise it, and I'll happily flake your skin off for you. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll happily make I that better. I feel like you've got a, a whole TikTok account waiting for you to, you know, like now, pimple popping, oh, yeah. callus removal, that's massive on TikTok. Yeah, that you would could, be good. You can set up this. I mean, my next question is what's next? And uh, maybe what's next is a massive TikTok Ma- career. Massive TikTok of like just picking, <laughs> picking at things. Bits of people. No, but it makes people feel better. If you've had a wound on your hand and it's yeah, clean yeah. and it's moisturised, how much better does that make you feel? Loads. Are you more likely to use your hand if it feels better? And that's better? your end goal, isn't it? Yeah, to get them exactly. to yeah. um, exactly that. Um, and what's next? Oh, who knows? I keep going to work. <laughs> keep going to work it's quite fun um and see where it takes me yeah brilliant well and then like you say maybe later down the line you could do a bit of private or not have yeah, to see maybe. what it wants oh yeah i'll just have i to... guess with you maybe you've got to kind of see where the nhs goes also, it feels very yeah. much like it's on the cusp of Exactly. Radical change, but whether that radical change will come or not, and what it slow, might mean. Slow and steady change is the NHS. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a tanker <laughs> turning, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, we'll have to see what have to see what happens next. I. I yeah, I have a really varied week. I see lots of people. Work with nice people. I like my job, and I'm busier. Quite busy. <laughs> otherwise. Okay, my two final questions. Yes. I've always the first one is. Is there any advice that you would give your younger self, younger Claire? And it could be school, college, uni Claire. Any advice that you would, things you wish you'd maybe known earlier, done earlier? So I'm not a very reflective person. <laughs> so I think it's just because you seem very, you're in the, yeah. Well, but your whole I career is very just... like treating there and then, isn't it? Yeah, Dealing it is. with what's in front of me. Yeah. That is what I do for And I'm now forcing you to, like, um, think... I think that. just take opportunity. Take all the opportunities you can. Yeah. That is what I would always say. So all of those placements that you did, yeah, all those just, different just things. Go, just take them on. Just go Give and you'll learn. Yeah, wherever you go, you're going to learn something. Yeah. I think. That's great advice. And then the final question is always a bit of life advice, which could be the same to throw out there into the world for men women children old people anything that you think like mantras that you live by or things that you i just think think... i always try very hard to um be quite optimistic enthusiast and enthusiastic about things like if you try and look at the like positives in what you're doing then you don't notice the ceiling tiles are falling in so much or there's yeah. a drip yeah you know you try yeah try and i think just try and look at the positives in what you're doing it makes it more enjoyable doesn't it and do you think you've always been like that i don't know maybe <laughs> yeah because obviously it's it a few people have given similar advice and i it's such wonderful advice and it sounds so easy, but it's like, it's, it can be, you know, people have phrased it as, you know, just enjoy the small steps, you know, yeah. enjoy, you know, just find some joy every day in your yeah. life. Just try and find some joy every day. Yeah. Um, try to, yeah, 
Look at the positives. And look, look at the positives. Because it can change your whole outlook, yeah. can't it? And I think as women, definitely, we are always juggling a lot, aren't we? And it can be quite easy to feel a bit overwhelmed, a bit lost sometimes. And to kind of feel you can, you know, and not feel sorry for yourself, but kind of get annoyed and, you know. Yeah. So it is, it's really, really good advice. Thank you very much, Claire. No problem. <laughs> if you would like to hear more about this chat, see some behind-the-scenes pics and some personal profile pics, plus read about how to get started in this industry and or this role, then please go and support us on Patreon. The link is on this podcast page and across all of our socials. Sincere thanks in advance. Yeah.